Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? It's Paul Hickey. You're listening to the Paul Hickey Podcast, data-driven daily edition. That means it's just me, no guest today. I'm going to spit some game about search engine optimization. This is a game that I've been in for about 10 years, and I still get the same questions day in and day out from coworkers, clients, mainly clients, who want to know how do they get to the top of page one for Google for a specific keyword and they're right that it's valuable to their business to get to the top of page one for Google for high volume, high search volume keywords. So let me just kind of break this down. Back in the day, 2006, when I created my first website called nooffseason.com, my goal was to drive as much web traffic as possible to my site. I knew that if I could build backlinks to my site, i.e. sites that link to mine, definition backlink, sites that link to you, that I could increase my web traffic. My reason for this solely was to sell advertising space. I was at a fantasy football convention with a representative from, at the time, CBS Sportsline, and... I noticed that CBS Sportsline was serving ads everywhere in, in uh, July, August, September, promoting their commissioner product. So I would see ads for CBS Sportsline everywhere. And so I asked this representative from CBS Sportsline, I said, I've got this website, nooffseason.com. We specialize in fantasy football content for dynasty league owners. And I just want to know, like, how much web traffic would I need before you would consider purchasing ads on my site. He said, a thousand daily users. I said, bet, I will get a thousand daily users and I will come back to you when I have my thousand daily users and I will pitch you for uh, selling you ad space on my site. This actually went very well. I was able to amass my thousand plus daily users on my website and I was able to sell advertising space to CBS Sportsline and start to monetize my website and make a profit off of it. So I did this at the time by talking to a few people in the industry who had high web traffic for fantasy sports sites and they told me what they did was heavy in the SEO game of, the early SEO game of uh, just communicating with other webmasters, people who are managing other websites and and exchanging backlinks, basically. So we would all create, if you remember, if you're old enough to remember, the web before the mobile web, uh, it basically, there was a link, there was a links page on every website. Sometimes it would be like relevant links, sometimes it'd be like industry links, a lot of times it just said links, and that that's what was in the main navigation of websites, believe it or not. And so... We would say, you know, I'll link back to you if you link back to me. And be like, bet, done, good to go. So this went on for quite some time before Google kind of noticed that that type of activity was not really providing any value to web users. Although I would kind of debate that a little bit. But it was an easy way to build up popularity, uh, meaning increased web traffic via users having more exposure to uh, various websites. And so um, 
we had to get creative as as SEO professionals around when Google sort of started to ban that behavior. Those of us with PR experience, like myself, had to get a little more creative around. Uh, and luckily, I was already doing some of this for NoOffSeason.com at the time. Uh, what, what I call now audience crossover and uh, strategic link building, which is to understand others in your vertical and what they're writing about that uh, is similar to your content. Uh, so other other domain names that would, would find your content interesting to their readers. Um, these these types of websites can span span the gamut from local local newspapers that are interested in just news blurbs or human interest stories uh, to industry trade publications to even uh, what would appear like competitor websites. So we had to get creative around how to drive what Google started to call in, in 2011 and 2012 after the Panda Penguin updates of 2010-ish. Uh, we had to basically start to build what Google would call quality backlinks, which would be actually creating blog posts um, and then going and getting those blog posts published on sites that were relevant to your site with higher web traffic than your site that uh, that you did not own. So so you couldn't you can't create multiple websites that that push out content and then just link to yourself. Um, that would be sort of like a link farm or a blog blog link farm. Um, that would that was part of the panda penguin um, sort of blacklisting exercise that Google uh, Google's algorithm took care of uh, to kind of wipe out that first wave of SEO. Uh, at the time, they were best practices, and then then they were not best practices after Google started to kind of ban them. And so um, now it's like straight up simple to me. It's like if you're gonna go to a party and you want to be interesting to everyone at the party, then you're gonna read the news, you're gonna watch CBS Sunday Morning, you're gonna watch Dateline, you're gonna uh, check out you know, medium.com and read a bunch of articles, you're gonna go on your phone and, and scroll through your Facebook feed, and you're gonna basically try to consume as much content as you can. If you're me, you're gonna read men's fitness and other geeky stuff like that. And uh, then you're going to be able to come to a party with some kind of nuggets of conversation pieces to talk with other people at that party about. And hopefully people will find you interesting and they'll want to be friends and all that stuff. And so essentially that's that's really what your website is. It's, it's like you at a party. And if you want to have good SEO, you got to put in the effort that's required to connect with the other people at the party. And so uh, what that means is like you need to learn, you need to learn what they're interested in. You need to ask questions. You need to listen to them because if you're the guy at the party or the girl at the party that basically just talks about yourself the whole time and how great you are, then, you know, people are going to walk away and they're going to hate you.
And uh, if you're the guy or girl at the party that um, actually takes the time to learn about what someone's got going on in their family life or what they studied in college or uh, what they're interested in, what they're doing now, um, what what they do for, for a living and, and all that stuff, then you're going to be able to find a shared interest somewhere that you can connect on and then you can you can then provide value back to that other person. And so that's exactly the concept of uh, SEO now, really. Now that's very conceptual and so I wanna also try to break things down tactically. And so I did a content creation podcast uh, previous to this where I talked about tactically what can you do to, I guess, implement what I'm talking about. And so, so let's say you want to focus your site around ranking for a specific keyword. And uh, maybe that keyword is, uh, you're, let's say you're a moving company in Middle Tennessee. And you want to beat out other moving companies for keywords like... Uh, moving company <laughs> I am having a brain fart there moving company Nashville okay you want to beat out your competition for that keyword so what would make a lot of sense would be to or for your digital marketing agency to do this for you which is what we do for our clients to actually make make several searches on Google Twitter Facebook, um, everywhere on the web. And as you're making those searches, open up a second tab in your Google Chrome browser and make it a G sheet, which is a online version of an Excel spreadsheet. And then start to log notes into your G sheet in the first column, like uh, Twitter handles, or web URLs that appear to be publishing content relevant to your keyword. So if you're trying to rank for moving company Nashville, you might find that there are all kinds of blogs as you search through Twitter and the entire internet via Google that talk about tips around relocation. Uh, you might find short-term and long-term, you might find short-term corporate housing websites. Let's stick with that one for a minute. So you as a moving company should reach out to short-term corporate housing websites that also have blogs. And you guys should partner on, hey, we're gonna do content around how you can efficiently move uh, to benefit your short-term uh, to, to, to benefit your short-term move into, into a, say an apartment in a new city. And you as the moving company in Nashville can offer up to a short-term housing company to write a guest blog for them that has to do with uh, ways that, you can efficiently move from one place to another uh, to, to prepare for your 
short-term stay, to make your short-term stay uh, the best that it can possibly be and take take the hassle out of moving and relocating um, and so that you can just enjoy your place, okay? So you as the moving company put together a how-to piece and pitch it to the short-term corporate housing company to run on their blog and say, hey, look, let's let's create a partnership. Like, we'll actually... Let's start with one guest post, and in that guest post, uh, it's going to benefit your readers, but we want you to link back to our website and give us credit for writing this post. And then you create, you have a moving company Nashville landing page on your website that also has similar tips uh, to efficiently move, and you have a lead form, a form on there for a lead generation to capture visitors' information from the site. And in exchange for giving this short-term corporate housing blog some new, fresh, uh, original content that they get to run for free, they link back to you. And you guys basically do this for a series of months uh, and you get other companies involved so that you're not always linking back to them and they're not always linking back to you only, but that you almost create this content partnership network of all sorts of sites that would benefit from these different tips and tricks and how-tos. You start with blogs. You start consistently doing this on a weekly basis, linking back to basically making sure that these sites are linking back to you uh, and that they feel that your content is, in fact, relevant to their readers. Um, and then offer it up both ways. So explain to them why you're doing it um, and say that, hey, if you guys want to do this same thing, that would be great. What it does is it helps each of you get unique content on your site more consistently than you would normally which Google, that's a plus for Google. Google wants to see fresh content updated on a regular basis. So, so you're both getting that. And then you're also both getting quality backlinks and in improving each other's web traffic and improving each other's user experience. And it's not, it's not a sponsorship. It's not purchasing a link. It's just, it just makes sense. And so um, this is the direction that everyone needs to go in from a consistent quality content link building standpoint. Now once you've done this for let's say 6 to 12 months, you you'll start to do it with more than just that short-term corporate housing blog. You'll start to do it with uh you'll feature an employee of yours um that's doing something above and beyond and that'll become a human interest piece in a local newspaper and maybe maybe you toss that newspaper a few hundred dollars for a print ad and then and then they they do a human interest piece on your employee and link back to your website from their website i mean you got to get creative to drum up this kind of traction and what you're doing and it may seem like oh well it's a lot of effort for you know, just one quality backlink. Well, it's supposed to be a lot of effort because it's really valuable. Google will see these links and over time, you're gonna get a lot of uh, page rank and you'll show up 
closer to the top of the search engine results page for for really all keywords relevant to your business um, you know faster and 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 it's not going to happen overnight but it will happen incrementally over a series of of 3 to 12 months and and you know 12 months can easily go by with you pondering what to do about SEO or 12 months can go by where you invest time or or not or invest time or dollars in having someone do it for you or dollars in someone and having someone teach you how to do it which would be less money than having someone do it for you but it'd still be a monetary investment and we do all of this at data-driven design of course so uh, that's a big part of it the other part of it is like the list of technical things on your website that should be done to enhance your SEO continues to get longer and longer. So, um, again, back in the day, it used to be metadata, search engine titles, um, and that was pretty much it. Well, now you've got a plethora of other things. Not only do you still have to do your metadata and your search engine titles, but you have to do schema and you have to do accelerated mobile pages and you have to do uh, Google and Bing search console slash webmaster tools and you have to hook that into Google Analytics and you have to lower your bounce rate which I talked about in another podcast so those types of things also are very teachable coachable easy to implement once you know how to do that uh, but they have to be done. I mean, you can't sit around and wish for your keyword rank to go up. I mean, you can, but it'll take decades. And by then, you know, the web won't even be relevant by the time you get to the top of Google. It'll be, you know, people will be putting on contact lenses and they'll virtually be in another country and uh, they'll search for things through their contact lenses instead of their desktop computer. So before that happens, <laughs> you can stop sitting around hoping for your keyword rank to go up and you can start to implement some of these tactics that they seem cumbersome, they seem complicated to understand, they seem hard, expensive. Yes, exactly. Because what is... So if if everyone wants something, is it cheaper or more expensive? Exactly. It's way more expensive than it should be if everyone wants something. And everyone wants to be at the top of Google for the keyword that you're trying to be at the top of Google for. Like you just, you have to realize that. And so let me just, let me just segue into a few other things that need to be done because they're just becoming more and more relevant. So you've heard me talk about Google Shopping. If you're an e-commerce site, you've got to have a Google Merchant account. you got to set up a shopping feed through your content management system, your e-commerce platform that gets into Google. That'll, that'll, allow, that'll allow you a chance at getting an organic ranking uh, on, on the search engine with a product uh, photo, title, and description in the results at the top. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just search like Detroit Tigers hat and you'll see at the top what I'm talking about. That's Google Shopping. 
So you also have to have a verified Google My Business listing. This is where when you make a search uh, for the name of a local business or the address of a local business that you see uh, populate on the right-hand side of the page uh, with a photo and an address and a phone number, you got to verify your listing. And so you do this by creating a, a Google account or a Gmail account and uh, going to... Uh, Google My Business, just Google Google My Business and it'll take you to uh, like google.com slash business or whatever it is. Uh, and then you create an account, uh, Google My Business listing account, and you submit your business information, your name, your physical address, and your phone number, and then Google will send you a postcard in the mail with a verification code on it, or they will call you immediately with your verification code. So you have to have a physical address, not a PO box, and you have to have a valid business phone number. Um, and then you can verify your listing and then you can edit the information on your listing. And just the actions of doing this help your local search engine optimization. So if you're a local business, like a retail store, um, in a community, uh, it's essential. If you're a brand, uh, it's not as essential, but it still helps your SEO. Like even that action will help your, you know, verifying your corporate headquarters. I mean, that'll help. Um, and that's just the beginning of the cleaning up your local business listing on the internet. Uh, we do a lot of submissions through an API called Yext. Uh, we're a Yext partner, and that allows us to submit local business information to hundreds of local business directories all through an API, uh, just a one-time submission. You can create profiles at the Better Business Bureau. You can uh, verify your Facebook page. Um, all of these things help your local SEO, which helps your overall SEO, even if you're a brand and not a small local business. Um, it's very essential if you have multiple locations when you add a new location to continue to repeat these steps. Um, every business should have a full-time SEO person that they pay six figures a year to do all of these tasks for them and make sure that they're optimized. And the reality is that like less than 1% of businesses have a full-time employee that even knows anything about SEO. Um, thus, there's a community of people like me who have all of this knowledge and who have learned it over, over a series of years and even decades and uh, are able to apply it in a consulting um in a consulting engagement to really any business on earth. And so uh, basically I'm coming, I'm coming to you broadcasting today on, on my podcast uh, to be on the record as saying that all of this stuff is essential to every business. You can get it for a fraction of the price of a six-figure year employee. Uh, you can get all of it. And I think the reason why it's hard for people to wrap their head around from a budget standpoint is um, it's it's ever-changing, it's a lot of hard work, and it's, it's not as tangible immediately as hiring a, a designer 
to design a flyer that they then print on a copier and it's sitting in front of you, or on a printer and it's sitting in front of you. Um, it's not as tangible as creating a, a TV commercial and watching it run on, you know, Channel 4 or whatever. So, the reality is it's probably way more essential than all of those things because everyone gets their information on Google and everyone gets their information searching on their mobile phone on Google. Um, and, and so, you gotta do SEO, man. You just gotta, you, I don't know what else to say. This is me uh, breaking down some granular stuff, some stuff at a high level, but pretty much hitting all the key points of SEO. Thanks for listening to the Paul Hickey Podcast. More online at datadriven.design. Datadriven.design slash blog. Instagram at datadrivendesign. And add me on Snapchat, datadrivendude. Thanks again for your ear. Appreciate you listening. And have a great day.